And now I'm one of those people who every now and again runs up and down the West Side Highway. Um, and I run about three miles. And I run faster than some people, but not as fast um, as others. Um, I am slightly above average as a runner. Um, and the truth is, it's not just me who had this happen to. When I was preparing for this talk, I went back and I looked online. They have all the statistics for Canadian running. And I looked at the top 15, 1,500 meter runners um, in when I was in when I was 14, right? And um, you know, I was number one, and a guy named Dave Reed was number two, and a guy named Steve Wellam was number three. And I looked at all 15 names, and then I fast-forwarded 10 years to see who the top 1,500 meter runners in Canada were 10 years later, and only one name appeared on both lists, and that was this guy named Dave Reed. Um, so I wasn't the only one who dropped away. In other words, 14 out of the top 15 runners. Um, in the country, uh, when we were 14, were no longer runners of any significance 10 years later. Um, and who was the best miler of my generation? A guy named Doug Consiglio. Now, as it turns out, I know Doug Consiglio. Doug Consiglio went to a school not far from my own. And when I was a young runner at 13 and 14, Doug Consiglio was a joke. He was this kind of scrawny kid who we all made fun of and who always came in last. Well, by the time Doug Consiglio was 24, he uh, ran the second fastest 1,500 meters in the history of Canada. He was on the Canadian Olympic team. He made the Olympic 1,500 meter uh, final, and he is one of the legends of Canadian track and field. Um, the idea then that you can build a great Olympic program just by identifying and nurturing and encouraging people who show great promise at a very early age isn't true, because the people who are really good at 13 and 14 don't always end up in fact, in most cases, don't end up being the most talented at the age of 23 and 24. That's what I want to talk about today. Um, we take it as a kind of article of faith in our society that great ability in any field is always in, or invariably manifested early on. Um, that to be precocious at something is important and valuable because it is a prediction, an indicator that, that, that you are likely to be good at that same skill um, um, as an adult. Um, but what I want to talk about is, is whether that's true. Um, what evidence is there for it? Um, what exactly is the value of mastering a skill quickly? Um, and um, uh, what are the characteristics of childhood success that actually do predict uh, success as an adult? And do those characteristics match our definition of precociousness? Let's start with a very simple question, and that is, um, to what extent does early intellectual success uh, predict um, adult accomplishment, right? A question that has um, a huge number of people have tried to answer. And it's an, obviously, an obvious and very basic one. Um, intuitively, I think we all believe that there is some powerful connection between that, right? We all know brilliant children who grow up to be brilliant adults. We're full of stories like the young Mozart composing music at the age of four. Um, and then there's the example of this guy, Dave Reed, who I ran against, who was one of the great runners of his generation when he was 12 and 13, and he was also one of the great runners of his generation when he was 25 and 26, right? So the question is, how many people are like Dave Reed and are good early and good late? And how many are like me, or how many are like me who are good early and not so good late? And how many are like Doug Consiglio, um, who are not very good early and very good late? And the answer is there are far more Malcolm Gladwells and Doug Consiglios than there are Dave Reeds. The, um, let me give you an example from New York. Um, Hunter College Elementary School in New York 
is um, one of the most prestigious elementary schools in the city. It's been around for many, many years. And for many, many years, admission into Hunter College was based on a very simple achievement, essentially an, an IQ test. Right? It was founded in the, Hunter College was founded at the time in our history when we were most obsessed um, with IQ. In the mid-1980s, a group of researchers go back and they track down all the people who graduated from Hunter College and Elementary School between 1948 and 1960. Right? There's hundreds of them. And they read this book called Genius Revisited, which is, what are these people doing now that they're all grown up? And I would point out that this group, were, their average IQ was 157. So they're three and a half standard deviations above the mean. They're, this is a really, really smart group of kids. Right? So 30 and 35 years later, what are they doing? Well, they're all pretty successful. They're all actually really happy, which is the major finding of the study. And they're well-adjusted, and they have families, and they're, they're doing well. But the most striking thing about that book, if you read it, is how disappointed the authors are. Because none of these kids, that they, these adults that they track down who are part of this enormously privileged group, um, turn out to be superstars. And they look at them, there's no Nobel Prize winners, there's no Pulitzer Prize winners. There's even very few people who are nationally known in any field. They, these were kids who were geniuses as kids, but when they grew up as adults, they weren't the superstars that everyone expected them to be. There's another set of studies that look at this question the other way. That is, they, you start with very, very successful adults, and you say, well, what were they like as children? Right? They, you, so, and the answer is that when you, and you, if you take a big, a number of studies have taken a big sample of people, and you, can, you pick them from every field, you pick Nobel Prize winners, you pick accomplished artists, you pick playwrights, you pick any, you know, you assemble a kind of body, then you go back and you interview them and look at their biographies and figure out, well, what were they like when they were 10 or 7 or, or 11 or 6? And, um, and in one study where they used a sample of 200 people, what they found was that 39% um, of the sample were good all-around students as children, and 20% were honor students, just 20%. 8% failed out of school. 52% were not voracious readers, and only 30% were judged by their peer or their, by adults in their life at the time they were children as being in any way precocious, right? This group of 200 highly uh, successful adults, in other words, were Doug Consiglios. They were people who no one, most of them were people who no one would have predicted would have the kind of success that they had. Um, there's a further thing that people do, um, which is kind of absurd, but it's really fun. Um, and I will... It, which is you go back and you try and estimate, based on historical sources, what the IQs were of people who were very, very famous. And I quote this only because this project was done by people who powerfully believed in the notion of precociousness, that early intellectual ability was a good predictor of later success. Well, these are the, the following people are all people who were considered to be well below precociousness as kids and, in fact, wouldn't have had a chance of getting into Hunter College Elementary School. Right? <laughs> Copernicus, <laughs> Rembrandt, Martin Luther, Bach, John Locke, Isaac Newton, Beethoven, Kant, Adam Smith, and my personal favorite, Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> so what's the explanation for this, right? Why is there this seeming disconnect between um, these early signs of promise and adult achievement? Well, there's several things that are worth going into. Um, the first is that we assume that precociousness is an early form of adult achievement, right? That what a gifted child is, is someone who is simply doing at an early age what other people will do when they're adults. Doing at 10 what others do at 20, right? But that's not true. Because what the 
what the precocious child is, is a gifted learner. And what the successful adult is, is a gifted doer. Precocious children are really good at the consumption of knowledge. Successful adults are really good at the production of knowledge. And consumption and production of knowledge are two quite different things. Right? One of the most striking things about the world of music, for example, is how rarely childhood prodigies actually turn out to be um, successful adult musicians. The drop-off rate is actually quite striking. Um, and one of, there's a whole literature in the music world that talks about what they call the midlife crisis of child prodigies, which is around 16 or 17 years old. They go through this um, process where they have to dramatically reevaluate uh, their, uh, their, their, their musicianship. And what's going on is that when you are a childhood prodigy, what you essentially are is a gifted mimic. You are someone who is extraordinarily good in an unconscious way at aping the style of very successful musicians. But to be a successful adult musician, you can't be a mimic anymore. You have to develop your own style. You have to go through a period, in other words, of self-consciousness about your musical ability. And that, that transition from unconscious mimicry to self-conscious production of a unique style is very difficult. And many people can't make that transition. These two things then, success as a child and success as an adult, are very different. It's not on a single continuum. A second problem with our notion of precociousness is that sometimes um, we call a child precocious when they acquire a certain skill quickly, even though that happens to be a skill um, where speed of acquisition doesn't matter, where there's nothing really to be gained by how quickly you learn it. Um, it doesn't matter whether you walk at four months, right, even though that's an example of precocity, because we don't believe that walking early is a great predictor of the, whether how well you walk as an adult, right? <laughs> we all learn to walk, and walking is a pretty basic thing. And we